We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. This is episode 206. Uh, still missing 204, but that's just the way it is. T- episode 206. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Them things will never change. Yeah. And tonight we're doing the Cloverfield Paradox. Um, we frankly just couldn't figure out what to do, and I said, hey, let's just do that. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> this is what happens when you, the listener, do not send in your requests. Yeah. Um, we just, I just literally do like a Russian roulette on Netflix and this is what came up. So we're doing the Cloverfield Paradox because I thought, well, we've done the second one, right? We've done, oh, Molly, we've done There's Miss Molly. Um, Cloverfield Lane, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which we all really enjoyed because it was so weird and different and John Goodman yes. was a bad guy, was great. And But was he? Well, no, I mean, he was a good actor. Like he was good in the <laughs> role, um, he, but he was... I liked him. I thought he was good. He was the best part of the movie. No, 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 no. I'm going to say, was he a bad guy? Well, yeah. He might, just because you're mm-hmm. right doesn't make you not a bad guy. <laughs> um, That's what my students tell me every day. You're right. <laughs> Jeez, Mr. Jemison, just because you're right doesn't mean you're the good guy. <laughs> so, And then you're like, don't go, out, don't go out in the real world. There's aliens out there. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I am Sean Allred. I forgot I didn't do that part. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. Don't kill the fu- the foosball table, Jimison. Uh, foosballs for the devil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Weird little uh, water boy callback. And Sam, can you give me a hand, Vector? <laughs> if you've seen the movie, that's really funny. <laughs> oh, um, hey Sean, it's hey. good to see you. Um, just so you know, my 3D printer is working, and I'm as we speak, I am uh, uh, printing out a gun for okay. you. A, just, little, just a, so you know. a gun with somehow that can fire plastic bullets. I'm not not, not sure how those work, but that's fine. No. Whatever. They had uh, uh, plastic gunpowder. That plastic gunpowder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, well, that's that's how three D printers Plastic work. They can printing. they can really work wonders. Yeah, you can also make that. apparently uh, earthen elements with them too. Um, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe in the maybe in the future we we can or maybe it's electronically fired. I don't know. Um, that's true. Who who knows? They just look like um, the, the the bullets look like like wire nuts. You know, like when you're putting like electronics together into these little plastic wire nuts, they look like clear those. Anyway, um, this movie this movie came out this year, two thousand something. Um, the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, two thousand eighteen, and it was so weird. Basically, after this, during the Super Bowl, right, the Super Bowl, they're like, "Hey, here comes this new movie, The Cloverfield Paradox, and it's on streaming now." Like, oh wait. What? That's kind of weird. So, so is that good or bad? Does that mean that it was good that it didn't give time people time to create expectations, only to have them dashed? Or, you know, what I'm saying like because like this has never happened before. When obviously movies have come out on Netflix, that's obviously nothing new. We've we've done our Netflix originals, but usually mm-hmm. even then, even Bright for the Will Smith movie had lead up. I mean, it had Facebook. Mm-hmm adverts and they had it on youtube this was literally like hey there's a movie (laughs) (laughs) no you're right like a you could you imagine that theater saying all right here's the preview for avengers infinity war and 
it, we're gonna watch it right now. We're gonna watch it. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's in the next theater. Yeah. Yeah. Just get up and walk over there. Just get up and walk out of this this bad rom com you're, you're getting ready to sit through. Um. Uh, so we'll we'll do our our normal kind of stuff that we do at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm on the IMDb page for for Clover, the Cloverfield Paradox, and I remember when it came out, people hated it. They were really mean to mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, like, and I, um, I was confused because like a couple other podcasts that I listened to, the the hosts were like, actually, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fine film. I don't know why people. Didn't like it. And he's like, I also liked Bright. So when he said that, I was like, oh, well, if he liked Bright and I like Bright, maybe I'm going to like the Cloverfield Paradox. Mm. Hmm. Well, did I? I don't know. I Actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't really know, honestly. There's there's a lot that I... I, I, um, I was talking with my, my roommate here as I'm still in um, Indiana. He's still alive? Chris, yeah, he's still alive. Um, oh, good. As uh, he and I watched it together, and we were we were talking about some different things, and I was like, um, I, I told him about uh, the Andrew Jemison rule, and that is, if a movie keeps your attention, then that gains points. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling it the Andrew Jemison effect. I'm just I'm just calling it right now. It's never been called a thing before until this moment right right now. No. Um and. I have to admit, I'm gonna again. I'm I'm breaking ranks a little bit here by going first, but I I admittedly pulled my cell phone out like three or four times in this movie to play Clash, <laughs> to play Clash of Clans. Um, so we'll we'll do the we'll do the regular intro. We'll just go from there. Uh, Andrew, what is the Cloverfield paradox for those that missed the one commercial it had at the Super Bowl? Um, what is the that? <laughs> Orbiting a planet on the brink of war, scientists test a device to solve an energy crisis and end up face-to-face with a dark alternate reality. All right. Bum, bum, bum. That actually kind of works. Yeah, I, I, I can see it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, obviously, this was the first time any of us had seen this before. Um what did you, uh, Andrew? I guess what did you? What was your initial thoughts? What did you, what did you think? What did what did the paradox, well, Cloverfield paradox, do for you? I knew that after seeing the second Cloverfield that it was going to be weird. <laughs> um, so I went in expecting weird, and we got weird very quick, very quick. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It it kind of I didn't have many expectations, but the expectations I had didn't really meet them. Um, you know, I saw Baron Zemo and, uh, <laughs> and what's his face from, uh, Gotham. Donald Logue. Donald, yeah. Donald Logue. Yeah. And that, two actors that I like, um, and other things they've done. And I thought, okay, this might be, be all right. But, uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. And, my rule, like you said, is if it if it keeps my attention and and want, keeps me wanting more, then I consider it uh, a better film than others. But in this one, I don't know. I, I didn't I did not pay attention, but it's like it wasn't important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I knew that weirdness was coming, so I was just like, yeah, whatever. Or, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. The, I feel like this was, and I think you mentioned it in our group chat, it, it was just Event Horizon, only a little better and a little less cheesy yeah, uh, a little in bit, some aspects. And a little bit less horror-themed. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. I kind of expected more horror. Oh, me you know, too. Films. Yeah. Um, and and there were moments that I feel like could have been a lot scarier yeah. had they really wanted them to be, right. uh, and just and still could have been just as weird. But uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some missed opportunities there. If that's oh, I don't know. Maybe right. that's not what they wanted. <laughs> I gotta turn that off. Hold on a second. The heater in our in the apartment, as you can tell, is freaking loud. What? Uh, can you hear it? That's the heater. Oh, really? 
Thank you, Chris. It'll go off in a second. I'm 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 here at the uh, the air intake or whatever it's called, exchange. And oh, okay. Like we when the t- when this comes on, we have to turn the TV up probably forty percent because it's so freaking loud. Uh, sorry, uh, you keep going, Andrew. I'm going to mute myself okay. while you talk. Go ahead. Okay. No, I uh, I was pretty much finished there. I, having said all that, I did I didn't not like it, but I don't know that I did like it. If that makes any sense, okay. I feel like uh, it was kind of lukewarm for me. Uh, and at the end, and I know we'll get there later, but. I did not like that, Sam. I am. <laughs> it. What the reveal or the uh, the thing? This is the thing at the end. We can spoil it. It's we'll we'll get we'll get to the spoilery part in a second. But the the ending reminded me of several other movies. Um, but it it also reminded me of the other. Okay, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't want to jump Sam's. Thunder you here. can do it, Sean. But it and again that heater is just so distracting. It'll go off in a second. I promise. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, who're listening it on their iPhones. Is that um, the the only thing that the three really have in common, right? Is that there's something crazy going on in the outside world, at the outside of the the purview of the people in the story, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's one common theme. Second common theme is the ending is gonna suck. Right, if you Sam, have you seen the first one? You haven't, right? What the first? Yeah, oh yeah, I've you seen saw it. Andrew and you did. No, that was under the bridge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I'm not gonna say what happens, but under the bridge. Yeah, there's a thing that happens at the end of that movie, and it sucks, right? And then the end of Clo- uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, basically, I, we actually kind of want to see what happens to uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but yeah. her ending actually kind of is is, is bleak. It's not hopeful. And then the same thing happens... Okay, there it goes. And the same thing happens in this movie, right? Literally the last three seconds of the movie is to remind us that... Nothing is happy here. That Yeah, we're, they're literally making... Going into a planet that's shit right now, right? So so there is that. And, and Andrew uh, mentioned... Yeah, I mentioned on the group chat that like it's kind of an event horizon kind of a feel, but with less horror... And I think one of the things that people were upset about, I think, again, I don't know, obviously, and I'm not reading, I'm not going to scroll through the comments because that's a black hole of awful. I just don't feel like going down. Excuse oh, me. Oh, jeez. Mute button. Is that a... Sorry, you scared, you scared the sorry, hell out of me. Know that, didn't know that was coming. No, it's okay. No, you scared me. Is that like the, um, the first movie is found footage horror monster. The second mm-hmm. one is psychological thriller. And I think people thought this one was going to be space horror, and we didn't really get that. You, but they kept teasing it, though. Yeah. It's my problem. Yeah. And it, it just kept feeling like it should be, and it never came through. Right. Like, yeah. they, they couldn't make up their mind, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's why I didn't like it as much, is because it didn't really have a real identity. It couldn't make up its mind what this movie wanted to be. Right. Yeah. Is it is it is it uh, space horror? Is it uh, a psychological thriller? Is it a survivor story? Like they, they couldn't make up their mind. Yes. Um, yeah. And of course, I say they. I guess I don't know if it's on the director or, or what, because um, the director has done uh, such films as. <laughs> well, every single one of them is a short film. Really? This was his first feature-length film. Uh, I'm not saying the word of the first short film he did, but it's a derogatory term used for black people. What? Really? That's the, that's the short, yeah. Uh, but oh. he's in a bunch of shorts, uh, but this is his first um, feature. He's produced a bunch of stuff. Um, so, I don't know. Not everyone can be like Spielberg and hit a home run on their first film like Jaws. I get that. But anyway, I, I don't know. So go ahead, Sam. <clears throat> well, my, my experience with the film? Yeah. Um, first of all, I just started it this morning, so I haven't even slept on it yet because I thought we were doing Spaceballs. 
Um, Which we're doing one, next week, yeah. And we'll do next week. But I, I watched that with my wife next, last night, so that was kind of fun. So I watched this thing at, at work, and um, I knew this was going to be a, you know, it's obviously a Cloverfield movie, but it has that traits of J.J. Of Abrams within these things. I think he, he, I don't know if he just kind of gives them some pointers and sends them off in a new direction, but you're right. It's, it's basically Event Horizon taking out the crazy horror and adding more sci-fi to it. Mm-hmm. But my biggest problem, well, before I get to the problem, I like the way this movie looked. I thought the sci-fi was awesome. I thought the ship looked great. I thought the production values were wonderful in this film. The problem comes from we don't know the rules. Right. And certainly they don't either. But it seemed like the rules changed and made no sense. Certainly when they, pir- they, they fired up the, the machine, it caused some sort of rift between dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what we, we ended up figuring out? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it caused a rift which made two dimensions interact with each other. And some crazy things were going on in the ship itself. But it seemed like the crazy things that were going on in, in the ship were more phantasmic, gory, not gory, but horror-based, rather than, you know, the only thing... How can I say this? The lady in the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's straight-up horror right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole scenario is straight up horror. And I, th- I actually liked that idea. I thought that was great. Right. Especially getting her on the ship the way they did. But then when he, his arm got stuck, mm-hmm. why was the ship, use, why did it treat it like it was munching on it and then moving around? And it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me that that rift in the dimension would do that to him like that. Um, I understood the worms transporting into the other guy okay i can see that but causing his eyeball to freak out and and like why were they talking to him and causing space dementia or whatever yeah so there was all these weird very very ghost-like you know straight up horror but yet the, the the rules made no sense it just it didn't make any sense to me is there a low-flying airplane just going by somebody's house? What was that? Not mine. Uh, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I mean, is that like the government that's the flying? Neighbors. <laughs> that's the neighbors? Oh, yeah. Do they have a helicopter? I mean, gracious. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed the movie, but I thought, it, I thought it wasn't as smart as it wanted to be. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a good way to put it. Um, I was kind of in the same boat too. Is like it. They were they were horrific moment horror moments. Mm-hmm. But then, but you, but I, I understand when you're saying things like, well, two dimensions collide, and so matter is all over <laughs> the place and weird. Like, okay, fine, I understand that you can kind of make up some rules, mm-hmm. but some other rules should should be fairly consistent. So, like, yes. Like, I was confused. Like, the scene where poor Mundy gets it, and we all liked him because <laughs> he was the only comic relief in yeah. the whole movie. Like, he's looking towards the magnet, whatever is causing the crazy magnetic thing, right? And so yep. the, the magnetic, <clears throat> like, netting is reaching out, and it looks like you're sitting here watching it thinking, oh, it's going to stab him in the back, and he's going to die. Yes, and see, that, that would have made sense to me. But instead, it pulled him back the opposite direction as if the ship was trying to kill him. Oh. And... Like when the ship sucked in his arm, it's like, okay, is the ship trying, or the space station trying to kill him, or or not? And yeah. why did his arm get cut off, but he not, like, get hurt? Like, why is he not bleeding to death all over the deck? Instead, it was like he was ne- he never had it. And then the question I asked of my roommate, Chris, was that, well, is that his arm? Or is that other dimension Mundy's arm? Yeah. Because how yeah. would the arm know things that he didn't? <laughs> you know, like, how did the arm know to cut open Volkov to, to find the spear? Yeah. If it was his yeah. arm. It's just, there's just really confusing things in this film. There yeah, is. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. That's the biggest issue I have, is that the, the rules aren't followed as, and, and there just, there are no rules. Really, 
if this were more more like Event Horizon, where the the ship actually is trying to kill them, mm-hmm. I could I could get it. I could understand that. Yeah, but it's not. Or at least I don't think it is. Yeah, I I don't need. I, again, it's like. Even if it was more of a perceived notion that the ship is the station is trying to kill them, but be, but only because of the the two dimensions are bumping into each other, kind of a thing. And <laughs> and I'm and I must admit, there's a Star Trek Voyager episode where this happens. This very really? very similar thing. They're basically they they go through some time blah 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 bullshit thing, right? As they make up stuff on Star Trek all the time, right? And basically they they the the two dimensions are just out of phase, like just barely out of phase, like when your um like when your windshield wipers from your front and your back don't quite meet up. So like mm-hmm. as a result of it, the things that one ship was doing were affecting the other and vice versa. And they were literally killing each other by accident because they didn't know what was happening. And then eventually they were able to figure it out. And the result was one ship had to die. Oh. They had to make a choice. And basically the choice was whichever ship in the in the moment, they said, okay, your ship, as a result of what's happened, is better off than ours, so you're going to have to make the sacrifice. And then by doing so, they did. They literally had to kill a whole crew so that the other crew could live. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's... Occasionally, Star Trek has these actually pretty good episodes where they have to deal with these kind of morality issues, and the same thing kind of happens in this movie where the the main character um, Hammond or Hamilton, yeah Hamilton, mm-hmm. not the play, but the um, Alexander Hamilton. She she has this crisis moment where she's like, I could go back to that Earth, her children, and yeah. find and see her children and herself, and possibly save them. Um, I I didn't. I, I understand. I, I, the fact that the three of us have our children, we we obviously can't put ourselves in the shoes of what we what would we do if we lost them, and then found ourselves in a universe where they still lived. Um, but if the motivation was simply just to save them, then obviously before crazy tall blonde lady goes crazy, you know they she could have just said, hey, find my family and tell me not to buy that heater that blows up the house or something, you know? Anyway. I believe it was an energy... Um... Energy cell. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, for a world that is dying from a lack of energy, everyone had cell phones and drove cars. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, well, look, I, I was going to mention that, too, how um, it didn't seem like a dying world to me. It really no didn't. Now. Yeah, like... Like even at least at least in like Lost in Space, the movie we watched, at least that world looked like shit. Like I yep. get that one, you know. <laughs> and um, I was actually looking at some of the trivia. the uh, The idea is that the world will be out of energy in five years or something. I mean, the the, the movie is set in twenty twenty eight, I think. Yeah. So the idea that by twenty thirty two we're out of energy is like, well, hang in there. The the Earth now. In 2018, like 25% of the world's energy is renewable. So, oops. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, unless, oh, yeah. unless we've destroyed those things somehow, I don't know. Um, and some of the other things that kind of annoyed me, like physics things kind of annoyed me. Like, um, Oh, gravity. I even, well, I mentioned that to you, I believe. Yeah, you mentioned the gravity, like when they jump from one sphere thing, terminal to the next, she jumps and she comes down. Like, wait, what? Uh, no, she no, would no, just no, go no. off into space. Um, but the other part was like, when they finally got, find the sphere out of his belly, right? And they put it in the system. And then they find the Earth, right? They're able to... Uh, uh, track the earth. That's okay. <laughs> what in the world? A typical Andrew bumping his microphone. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they when they find the earth, and it's on the other side of the sun, right? So, right, like because that, that's what the that's what it it's what it shows, right? Like it's literally on the other side of the sun. So we're talking about millions of miles away, kilometers, yep. whatever you want to say. So when they find it, they find Earth, and they're like, oh, we'll just send a, a, a space pod down. You're going to be in that pod for months. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it takes us, 
in our technology now, you know, you know, months to send a probe to Mars. And Mars is a hell of a lot closer than the sun, let alone past it. So when she's mm -hmm. like, oh, she's picking up transmissions from Earth, those would have been, I mean, it would have been a, you know, several hour delay. But, mm -hmm. I mean, they could have communicated. But, like, that stuff kind of annoyed me a little bit. It's like, wait, hang in there. I, that's a long-ass way. Like, I think, I know in our Star Wars, Star Trek uh, kind of thinking, we're like, oh, that's, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. No, that's pretty far. I mean, it still took us, like, four days just to get to the moon in the 60s, you know? Like, so, anyway, whatever. It's fine. Um, there were some other physics-y things that kind of annoyed me. I can't remember what they were now. How much cooler would it have been if, if he would have been just stabbed through by the magnetic things? It would have been better, and it would have been gory and cool. and uh -huh. and, he would and have... Yeah. Because part of the problem with space horror is making the horror relatable. Right. Does that make sense? You know, there's so much about space we just don't understand, um, but we can understand suffocating to death. Right. We can understand drowning, you know. Um, we can understand being stabbed. Um, I can't understand drowning on a, on a space station, though. Yeah, like, was that all that water, like their water reserves? Was, was that, that from their pool? Yeah. Like, was, it, was it another dimension? Was that the other dimension's water? Like, but is that, but is that is literally that water being, like, been teleported from earth or yeah yeah i don't know it was weird actually now that, now that you said that sam yeah is, isn't there a moment where they realize that on their their earth the 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 second dimension earth the space station crashes so maybe oh, yeah. that's water from the other space station leaking into theirs mm, maybe so yeah that would make sense i could understand that it would it would and all it would take is one line of the of the asian chick saying when it's when it starts pouring in, she says, "Why is this salt water or something like that?" Yeah, it was salty. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah. guy from Star Wars who has to lick the planet <laughs> for some reason. It doesn't. It still doesn't explain the num num ball. The num num the, the wall eating an arm. I don't know. And like, <laughs> this is the thing I was talking to Chris. Well, he's doing repairs, right? And they had to show us. Him putting that goop on and then hitting it with the thing and then it expanding and doing it. Thing. Yeah. Like four or five times. And I thought, <laughs> man, that shit's real smart. It knows exactly what it's supposed to do. When it's on, the, on a pipe, it surrounds the pipe. When it's on a line, it goes down the line. Like, that's some smart stuff, right? <laughs> and, um, so they kept showing it to us, right? Yeah. And so I kept, the battery lost his arm the first time and he's back there doing the same stuff. I'm like, I don't think I could do that. I think I'd have to find some like old, old like grandmom like arm reachy thingy, and like try to do it with that. Just, a grabber, right? A grabber, so that like if the wall decides to become carnivorous again, it's not taking your arm. It was so weird. And again, the fact that the arm like crawled around and then oh, that was I I I was laughing I was at laughing. that. I I had I couldn't help it. And he, he put it in a box. He's like, be careful. That's my arm. And he goes, oh my, my arm wants wants a pin, and and so he he was the best part of the movie. I wish I had some. I wish I could have captured some of his lines. What other movie have we seen with him? The only thing that I've seen with him is he plays. He it's a bit character, but he's like the the boyfriend for about five minutes in Thor: The Dark World. Okay, he's the British guy that Natalie Portman's dating for about five minutes before Thor shows up. Okay. That's the only thing else I really know him from. And he's been in a bunch of stuff, but I don't I don't know him from much. Um so uh I do find it interesting that Askel Henny, the guy, the Russian dude, he was also on the Martian as an astronaut, which is kinda cool. <laughs> Typecast much? Well well we had two Marvel connections, right? With uh with Schmidt. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter well, not Winter Soldier, um Civil War. Civil War, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. War. And then the tall blonde lady who was the gold lady from Guardians 2. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So. She was, yeah, she was gold. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, she's the gold lady. The easily. Offended. Aisha or whatever her name is. Whatever her. Yeah. Aisha. Something like that. Um, no, it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, I think that was that, right? And then we had, uh, 
Yeah, I think that was it for that. And of course, old Donna Logue, who's of course in Gotham for a bit. Um, now, I, I, I have to ask you this question. So the movie gives us this this fake narrative that Schmidt is the bad guy, right? He's a bad guy. Or in one dimension, he is right. In one dimension, he is a bad guy, but in their their normal world, he isn't. But he's still kind of secrety and weird, and the Russian doesn't like him. But oh, gee, was a Russian doesn't like a German, okay? But <laughs> like, I guess, and I mentioned it to roommate Chris, and he's like, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't doesn't, that stuff doesn't occur to me." And, and I'm, and it's probably just because I'm weird, because I know I am, and I overanalyze movies and TV shows. But as soon as I saw him the first time, I'm like, oh, he's going to be a bad guy. <laughs> because, because he was a bad guy in, in, in Civil War. And yeah. I thought, I almost wonder if they cast him to be this role just so we think he's going to be the bad guy. And he's one of two people that live. Yeah. Him and the girl. So, I don't know. I think that, I mean, like, for years, as soon as I saw um, Gary Oldman, I was like, oh, he's going to be a bad guy. Yep. And then the first time I saw him in Prisoner of Azkaban, right? I'm like, oh, he's the a bad guy. guy. Until I, until in the movie, and then read the book, I was like, oh. I was about to say, did you read or watch those movies? I watched uh, one, two, two first. three first, and then read four, five, and six, and seven first. You know, I did the same thing, I believe. It wasn't until the third movie before they became interesting to me. Really, Actually, yeah. I watched the first two were horrible. I, I I watched the third one first at the request of listener Billy. He's like, dude, you got to go watch it. Hey, it's actually really good. So I went and watched it, and I was like, well, I guess I got to go back and watch one and two to make so this stuff makes sense. Because for whatever reason, when we were in college, it was like you were either Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Like you couldn't like both for some reason. It was really? Weird. Yeah, it was weird. I remember that very vividly. Um, people saying, Are you, you going to watch the new Harry Potter film? I'm like, no, I'm going to go read Lord of the Rings because it's better. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> Gandalf would. Beat Dumbledore's ass like no, like, okay. Oh dear lord! But those happen. Those quite those those conversations happen in the music building. I'm serious, and I'm pretty sure Andrew Lejeune was in the middle of it with uh, on the on the Gandalf side. <laughs> that would be an interesting fight, actually. Who would win in a fight with Dumbledore versus Gandalf? I think Dumbledore would win, actually. I think so too, only because we see more Dumbledore magic, I, I, like legit yeah. magic, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Gandalf is also Magneto, so that's true. Yeah. He does have that going for him. He does have that going for him, and he was Death also in a movie once. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was also it, Sherlock Holmes in a movie, wasn't he? Was he? He was. Yeah, he was Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Oh, he Holmes. played. Well, he no, he didn't play Sherlock Holmes. He played Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Are you well, sure? yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The movie was called Holmes, but he was... But he was Arthur Conan Doyle. Right. Um, but he lived an actual adventure, which he would base a story off of. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, this was a um, $26 million budget. Um, I, thought it, wow. I thought it looked good, actually, for $26 million. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of CGI things happening. I mean, the only time I actually was like, ooh, that's some weird CGI, was when he was armless and he was... <laughs> kind of showing his stub around. I was like, yeah, that's kind of... You can tell that's a, a green screen sleeve he's wearing. Yeah. But other than that, I didn't have any problems. I thought that stuff looked good. Um, the stuff on Earth was interesting. Um, once the paradox happens and whatever is unleashed on the planet, we can, we're going to talk about that now because something is unleashed and you don't see it. Again, in typical yep. kind of JJ fashion, you don't really see what it is until the very end. And, when, and then you recognize it if well, you're a fan of his movies. Well, and again, that's not the monster from the first movie. Um, it's different. Is it not? No, no. The first one is like like a spider kind of. You, you saw the Star Trek movie, right? Star Trek 09. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what the beast looked like. That kind of weird oh. crawly thing. This was like, it's, you have to think about the, the size of the beast that, that, that it shows up at the end of the movie. They're, they're crash landing in the ocean, right? That's what you do. So that thing is standing in the ocean, and its shoulders is above the clouds. Yeah. That's how big that thing is. That thing's taller than a mountain, um, which is kind of scary. I get why people are probably living in bunkers now. 
But it still seems kind of strange. So that's what I, I asked Chris. I'm like, so is this the prequel to Pacific Rim? <laughs> well, it could be if you think about it. If they're talking about dimensions. So, um, I don't know. I just, the movie had so many good opportunities, but I don't know. It, it just seemed, and like I, the blonde girl, when she, she does her whatever, totally get it, honestly. Totally get her motivation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, and we'd all do that. Yeah. Kill three <laughs> so people to save eight billion? Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. Um, I think I, I heard that, uh, I don't know, on like... About seven weeks I, ago? I think I saw that on an official Donald Trump Twitter once. <laughs> don't um, say stuff like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> if Donald Trump starts quoting Star Trek, I don't know what I would do. I don't, I don't think he would ever say something like that. I don't, I don't think he would either. Um, too, no, no, but but all kidding aside, th- there were I I understood all the choices these people were making. No. I don't think there was any dumb choice. It just the the the, the problem was just it was a fun house. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen next because. Anything could happen. Right. And that's the problem. Right? Like, that was what made Event Horizon so cool is because it's like, ooh, what kind of horrors are going to happen next? Yeah, and, but you knew it was going to be horrors. Right. Like, this one is literally like, oh, there's an arm crawling down the way. Oh, he burst out of worms. But for some reason, they make him go crazy and his eyes wiggle. Like, yeah. Oh, just and how, how was there a sphere in his belly and it not be bulging? <laughs> and again, how did the arm know that? Is it like, did it? Can it talk to thing? Like, did it know thing and it can talk to him? It's just, I just realized I hadn't even looked at my my show notes yet, but um, yeah, uh, well, uh, I did write things like um, food three D printing kind of weirded me out a little bit. Um, I did also write, it seems weird that they would build a collider in space, but then the guy says it's so dangerous that's why we built it in space, and so I was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, we, we did have, uh, several. Had several of those. Yeah. Wasn't the, the, pretty much the opening of the movie, an entire on montage, if that's, I remember I, right? That's what a trope, intro through newsreel yeah. trope. And then, yeah. um, how do we get here montage kind of thing at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I learned, actually, I gotta find this website. I learned. There's a website. There's literally a website that has a list of all of uh, like, like montages. No, 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 no. The tropes, movie tropes. Oh. And like they have names for them, right? So like, oh. like the trope of bad to the bone, a badass song for a badass scene, or the bad guy wins trope, or I'm just scrolling down, fake action prologue. See, seems like an action film, but it isn't. Uh, the fake out opening. Um, so, like, there's literally a name for all of huh. these kind of tropes. It's actually really cool. It's a tvtropes.org. TV um, tropes. Yeah, there's a see. There's a movie one. Oh, it's the same thing. It's the same website. The movie. Like for some reason, it sent me to The Simpsons. Why did it do that? That's weird. Okay. Anyway, but you can like click on it and it'll give you other examples. Huh. So that's kind of neat. I like that idea. So sometimes when I'm looking for the name of a trope, I can actually just go and actually there's the next one. Um, I did say you eye stuff. Um, oh, one of the clips <laughs> I was going to pick is when he says, man, we're not in Kentucky anymore. It's Kansas. Who the hell cares? People from Kansas. Like <laughs> that was a cool line. I, I thought that was good too. Uh, the other one was like, "Where's the Earth? How do we lose the Earth? Well, I don't know. It's big, blue, and full of angry people." I thought that one was kind of funny. Um, and I wish I could have also got. Of course, they actually said the Donald Logue says it's the Cloverfield paradox. Like, why is it called the Cloverfield paradox? Like, what does that name? What does Cloverfield signify? Is what does that have the to name do of their space station? No, the space station was called uh, the something. The, or was it the called? Was the space station called? I thought it was Cloverfield. 
Oh. <laughs> I thought it was too. Because they kept they, the 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 collider had a different name. Yeah, the Cloverfield Station is a multinational crew. Oh, you're right. With the Shepherd particle, because they kept talking about the Shepherd. Okay, I missed that. Well, okay, that makes sense. The, the all right, that's fine. Totally get that. There's also several um, other J.J. Abrams, you know, things. The gas station that they go to is the Kelvin, which is the same gas station that uh, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead goes to, and. Ten Paradox, uh, Ten Paradox Lane, Ten Cloverfield Lane, <laughs> uh, and of course the Kelvin is the name of the spaceship at the beginning of Star Trek. He he used it's the name of his grandfather, and he puts it in all of his movies. Kelvin, also Slusho is a a big J.J. Abrams universe thing. It's in all the Lost and <clears throat> Alias. And it's in Star Trek also. So anyway, it's a thing. It's his thing. So good for him. Um, must be nice to be able to create your own little universe like that. Right, you know? I mean, well, Simon Pegg did it also. Edgar Wright, they did it with the three, uh, the three, the At World's End, or yep. whatever, Hot Fuzz, and uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. so they did that too. Um, I wrote Frozen, the girl from Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, uh, go ahead, Andrew. What did you say? I said, the oh, the, the girl from Frozen, because she got froze to death. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Although I will say, I, I almost looked it up. Does water freeze instantly in space? So I, so the trivia, or the trivia, but the, uh, the goofs section says no. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask okay. Google, what does water do in space? Yeah, I wondered if it would really freeze that quickly. Of water course it'll freeze in space. to space would rapidly vaporize or boil. Boil, okay. Yeah, That's what I thought. The pressure. There's no pressure which makes it expand or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and then boil okay. away. As the air pressure drops, the temperature needed to boil water becomes lower. That's why water boils much faster on mountains. So... So, so her freezing to death. No, she should have actually been like boiled to death, which would have been way more gruesome a death. Yep, yeah. which would have fit in line with, uh, um, not the Fifth Element, the uh, Event space horizon. horror, Event Horizon. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I hope you washed it off. Why did I write that? Oh, the the gyroscope, <laughs> like gyroscope, like oh. <laughs> I hope you washed it off. Uh, that thing was pretty big. I'm pretty sure if I had a the thing the size of a basketball in my gut, you'd know it. Um, that would be so hard to see your family alive in the other dimension, I wrote. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that on the way home today. You know, what would I have done? Yeah. You know, if, oh, if, my, if my kids were gone, but yeah. I had a chance to see them again? Mm. And not even that, but save them, right? That's yeah. What you're thinking is you could save them, actually save them. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then I also, my last kind of dumb kind of thing that the movie did was, why would you make, so you guys remember that really bad movie where the guys have to take the spaceship into the earth? It's like the anti-Armageddon movie. Um, the, the core. The core. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so in order to disengage the shut the, the, the sections, right, um, first of all, poor, uh, Poor scientist man had to go out and out into the the core and and hit the button which was outside and he melted to death which is whatever, but basically they could do it all from the cockpit right they can disengage each section. Mm-hmm. Why did David Oello have to go into the section to release that section? Why would you make it do that? Like that is a great question, right? Like if that's the only way to disengage one of the rings is from inside the ring, so. I guess the idea is that the rest of the station is dying and you need to eject, but what if that part of the station is dying? Is that the only way to eject? Is well, somebody's she, said, she said something like, we can do that from, from this side, but he said the, the only way, or I don't know if it had something to do with the timing. Like, I don't know, but she, she made the comment. Did she? That, yeah, she okay. said we can do that from here. Okay, admittedly, the heater probably came on, and I didn't hear it because that happened. <laughs> several, honestly, that happened several times, 
And several, there were several moments where the accents were hard for me to hear. Again, this is a shit TV. I'm watching it on bad speakers. And so if that line was said, then, then good on them for, for saying the line. We could do it from here. Oh, that system's broken. We have to do it manually. Fine. Um, if that line was said, then I missed it, and that's on me. Um, and my Dynex 30-inch TV. Dynex. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, the other tropes I wrote was uh, the main main character loses kids, and uh, and then I wrote the fixin' montage, where they got to repair the ship. Yep, I like it played again, but that's okay. Uh, and now for some more bad news. Ready? Again, I apologize for not having clips. Without having my my laptop here, I can't record clips to my phone to play them. For the show. Oh. So for the next two weeks, there's no clips. I'm sorry. There's just nothing I can do about it. Because um, I could like, I could sync this my phone to the laptop I'm using, but then it would erase what's on my phone, and I don't have the rest of the show on my phone, or on the this computer. So I can either play clips or the intro and all the other music. So I, <laughs> I made that choice. Uh, trivia, though this movie takes place in 2028, and the prior films take place way before J.J. Uh, Abrams said that, uh, way before, J.J. has said that he has a plan on how all the Cloverfield movies and future ones will be tied together. Hmm. Uh, and Simon Pegg is the voice on the radio at the beginning of the movie saying how the particle accelerator can solve the world's energy crisis. That's kind of fun. They must be friends. Oh, they have to be. You know? Yeah. Hey, you want to be Scotty? Hell yeah. Right on. Let's do it. You know. Hollywood's very incestuous. You know, people, they work with people that they know. I mean, that's why I freaking... Um, Wouldn't you too, if you could? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get someone that you know is going to do a great performance, I mean, that's why uh, Christopher Nolan likes to use the same people over and over again. That's why that guy who was the freaking scarecrow has been in... Uh, two of the Batman movies and Dunkirk and Inception. Yeah. I mean, um, he likes his guys, Christian Bale and all that stuff. So there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think no. there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Just Hollywood's very incestuous. It's very fun. Um, that's actually all the trivia. There wasn't much trivia on this movie that was really worth noting, honestly. Um, yeah, it's so new. I don't know if, well, and it just wasn't received as. You know, people aren't pining over it to find trivia. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because a lot of the trivia comes from... Well, and there's also a lack of trivia because there's no DVD box set that you can get with the... That's true, too. I didn't even think of that. You know, the, the, you know with the director's commentary saying that, oh, when we filmed this scene, he farted and they all giggled. You know, like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's none of that. So, um, So, yeah, there's that. Uh, so I guess that then ties us on over to, uh, to this thing here. Excuse me while I whip this out. I know this show is seeming like it's going by pretty fast, but again, without clips, it kind of hurts hurts us a little bit. I apologize. Um, we decided to do J.J. Abrams flicks. Now we're not doing just J.J. Abrams directed, because obviously he didn't direct this, he produced it. So we're going to do anything that he has been associated with, uh, film wise. Um, I guess unless one of you guys picked Lost, it, that's fine too. Um, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm going to say the uh, number three, Super 8. I do like Super 8. Uh, yeah, that's a great little movie. Uh, Super 8 was basically his audition tape. For what? For everything else he's done. For everything else he's done since. <laughs> Star, Star Trek, Star Wars. You think so? Oh God, dude! That was a that was a love letter to Spielberg. It was yeah, a love was. letter to Spielberg. But I, I never thought of it as a as a his audition reel, personally. Yeah, but you're right. It is kind of a, a love letter to to Spielberg. Um, and for some reason, I thought he did Star Trek before he did Super Eight. But I guess I'm wrong. Super Eight was in the 011. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Super Eight was after Star Trek. Yep, 2011. So. Um, but you're still not wrong. It, it is a love letter to Spielberg. I mean, basically, it's like the horror version of 
like Ready Player <laughs> One, like which is yeah. a, which is a homage to all things '80s and whatever. Go ahead, Andrew. Okay, um, number two is actually it was, I guess you would call it a a mini series mm-hmm. uh, on Hulu, I think, called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I read that book. Is, is it good? Oh, it's wonderful. James Franco is the main character. The book was amazing. A Stephen King book that I actually read it all the way through. Yeah, and it's really, really good. Um, and he, I think he directed all the episodes. No, huh. he didn't uh, direct them. I think there's eight. I don't think he directed them, but he... he I don't have... remember. He had his golden touch on it somehow. And then <laughs> uh, The Force Awakens, number one. Executive yep. producer. Yeah, he produced them. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, let me just double-check director. No, he didn't. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, basically, his 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 last... Uh, his movies are basically Star Wars or Star Trek and then Super 8. <laughs> um, for a bit. All right, Sam? All right, I've got I've honorable. I thought we were just doing movies, but I've got an honorable mention for Lost. That's fine. And the brilliance that is behind, that was behind that show is just awesome. Never watched mm-hmm. one minute of it. Yeah, I I, I really think you'd like it. Okay. I really do. Um, so I had that as an honorable mention. Then I had uh, the original Cloverfield, the found footage, mm-hmm. um, which didn't make me want to throw up, mm-hmm. which was which was kind of nice. That is nice uh, compared to most found footage stuff. Yeah. Uh, my number two was Super 8, and my number one was Force Awakens. If someone can come in and reboot Star Wars and do it well, golly, with all the expectations and everything else you know, heaped on him for that movie, yeah. you know, wow. Well, and you got to think about the pressure that he has to be on. I mean, he reboots Star Trek and then reboots Star Wars. Yeah. Not reboots, but well, he rebooted Star Trek, but then like continued Star Wars, yeah. And 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 frankly, I think he nailed them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really did. I mean, I know the new Star Wars is more Star, or Star Trek is more Star Wars than kind of original Trek, but that that O nine film is is still great. I think it's really good. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite of the three, but it's still a really fine film. My number three would be The Force Awakens, um, mm-hmm. which is, it, it's, and honestly, it's actually, actually, it should be my number two. It's actually my number two. My number three is going to be Mission Impossible 3. Um, <laughs> I just love that movie so much. I know we did it for the show, saying you have your little physics issues, but um, I, I, I still love the film. Uh, number two would be The Force Awakens, which also has physics issues, um, but, mm-hmm. you know. Like stars and being sucked up and planets not freezing to death, but whatever. And then my number one has got to be Star Trek. You know, it has to be. So um, he's done some really great TV shows too. Actually, yeah. I guess if we're doing producer role, I'll actually say Star Trek Into Darkness, or not Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond, because that's my favorite of the three, and he produced yeah, it. I didn't like is that it. the newest one? Yeah. Yeah. I know you didn't. It made it made you think too much, Sam, and that's why I didn't like it. No, it didn't. I it thought was it was more. It was more Star Trek than the other. It was. Two. It was way more Star Trek than any of the other three. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, his uh, TV shows, though, are really good. The Revolution and Fringe. I don't know if you ever saw those. I love Fringe. Yeah. Yeah. Fringe those two great. were great shows. Yeah, Fringe was great. Um, I watched that one. I I watched it up until the last season because it got too weird. Yeah, I mean, there's literally an episode where they turn into cartoons. What? I'm serious. They um, basically JJ wanted to find a way to get Leonard Nimoy involved, and so Leonard Nimoy was like a doctor friend of the crazy doctor guy. But Leonard was, you know, he was in his 90s, so he was he was kind of done with doing action. So they literally said. Like, they put them in, like, to a computer program, and they had, like, CGI Leonard Nimoy and CGI other characters as they went looking for a thing. That, like, that was kind of both great because it was Leonard Nimoy and awful because it was kind of jump-the-shark-ish. But, 
Yeah, like Fringe <laughs> got Fringe got too weird about a show uh-huh. about weird, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, so I guess that's kind of it, right? I know it was a short short episode, but yeah, we're I mean, not even... there's not much to say. There, there was the the best part about the movie was the the comedian guy. Yeah. Um, and just <laughs> the whole, he kept going on and on about his lost arm. Yeah. Um, no, he was great. And, yeah, but it's just it didn't have that that extra special thing you're looking for in something like this. Right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he's producing that new Mission Impossible movie. Fallout. That's the new one that's coming out. Ooh, there's already a trailer. I've already seen the trailer. That's right. He's flying the helicopter and almost crashes into a tank. Um, but it's got Simon Pegg, so there you go. Well, oh. I like those 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 movies. The yeah. uh, Mission Impossible movies. I think they're. Pretty much from three on have been great. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, uh, two was awful. One was fine. Too many, too many masks. Yeah. Yeah, and just and too many pigeons. Freaking John Woo. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. So let's do this now because we we keep kind of screwing up. Next week we are doing. <laughs> so next week we're doing space balls. Yes. Uh, it was a listener-requested episode. We're going to do Spaceballs. I'm pretty excited for it because it's very silly. It's on Amazon. Uh, I know sometimes it's hard to do comedies for the show to critique it. So basically, it's going to be the three of us just saying, hey, this was – or four of us, sorry. Corey. This was so funny. This part was funny. This part was funny. So we're going to do like we did with Blazing Saddles and say what, what parts worked and what parts don't because there might be parts that are just not funny anymore. So I guess we'll find out. On the on the slate now, I must admit I don't know how this got on the list um, um, because I don't know how Moonrise Kingdom is on after that, and I don't know if that was one of you guys or if that was a listener request. Um, I've never heard of that. That's a, a Wes Anderson. It's movie, a Wes it? Anderson film, and his movies are freaking weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like he Some just, of them are nice. Uh, he just did that Isle, Isle of Dogs movie, and that just looks just creepy. So, anyway, um, I know we're not done. We still have to do our out of ten, but um, I just, uh, you know, so next week we'll do Spaceballs, and then the following week we'll, we'll basically, we'll have to kind of feel out how we want to do that. But we do have some really great films on the, on the list. We have The Arrival. The Siege of Jad- Jadotville. I, I actually saw that. I put that on the list. Yeah. And it's a surprisingly good one. Uh, we do have... I think. We have we have a lot of... Honestly, for whatever reason, we have a lot of, like, very serious films, like, in the list. Like, Ex Machina, um, Lincoln. Uh, and then we kind of fall off with the wagon a little bit with Tammy and the T-Rex and <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Um, little Shop. Tropic, yeah, sure. Tropic Thunder. Uh, so. Oh yeah, it's what it's with your favorite actor. Yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. So, um, haha, you didn't think I was gonna say that. <laughs> anyway. What do you mean, you people? Right. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> let's do our. Um, oh, I gotta pull my phone back out. Let's do our out of ten here. We'll do that real quick. Um, if I can find my iTunes, jeez. Why it was closed. Here we go. Bam. Wait, what's supposed to happen? All right, out of 10, this is where you guys tell me what you would give this score of. Danger. If it made more sense, if it knew what it meant, was meant to be, and maybe, maybe, after JJ brings all this together later on in the future, and I see how this film was supposed to work. The, the the score may go higher. But for right now, this is going to sit at a 4.3. Okay. Mm. Mm. By the way, since Corny's not here tonight, we don't we haven't really had a really bad pun yet. And um, so I, 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 I'm coming up with one. So I'm giving you the pun. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like the preemptive pun strike. Okay. Did you guys know that this movie was based on a book? It's called Farewell to Arms. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that's the best I can do. Corny's better <laughs> at it than I am. 
Oh, that's bad. I know it was bad, but at least it was somewhat, I think it was somewhat clever. Anyway, farewell to arms. Uh, (laughs) So when they came back, I guess they left the arm up there. Right? I guess is it still in the Dude, space station? I would, like, I would completely keep that arm with me. Right? I'd be like, come on, arm. You well, know, it, it's the it leash. Well, yeah. wouldn't you like take it back and say, hey, scientists, figure this out? Yeah, right. And they'd be like, um, there's a, a 800 foot monster over there, and this is what you want us to figure out? Uh, yeah, start building robots to punch them in the face. Anyway, <laughs> Sam. All right. Um, I totally agree with Andrew in terms of I don't think the movie exactly knew what it wanted to be. It wanted to be horror, but didn't want to be over the top horror. Um, but I, I actually I think I enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, I don't want to watch it again, but um, it's it's a pretty movie. I like the way it looked. Um, I'm going to give it a five point six out of ten. Okay. That's a fine score. I'm going to give it actually probably closer to, to Sam than Andrew um, for very for some of the same reasons. Like I, I liked the concept. The concept of there's a particle thing happens and it screws up and 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 maybe this is why the world is kind of the way it is. I mean they they Donald Logue says that this thing could wreck things for the future and the past. So maybe this is the reason why. The, the aliens show up in Cloverfield Lane, and this is why mm-hmm. the big monster shows up, you know, 15 years in the past. It's like why these things That's are... also why Trump was elected president. Yeah, so <laughs> these weird things happen. So um, so the concept was great. Execution was a little hit or miss, but... You you know, you wonder what if, if J.J. would have done it himself, how it would have gone down. Yeah, well, there would probably have been a very different cast, too. What you think? Yeah, I mean, it yeah. wouldn't have been a twenty-six million dollar Netflix thing. It would have been a hundred million dollar feature film. Yeah. Um, so did you uh, did you hear the joke that they're putting in the in the sequel? Mm. There are currently eight planets, but I'm about to destroy Uranus. Nice. <laughs> Maybe in their version, in their universe, their dimension, Pluto is still a planet. Mm, interesting. Anyway, I'm going to give it a six. Just a six. Just a straight up six. Uh, no, I can't. Dang it. I have to give it a six point something. Why? Because it gives the, the, the average to a 5.3, and I'm sure we have probably 13 movies that are 5.3. Mm. So I'm going to give it a 6.1. So that gives okay. it a 5.33 repeating. So at least uh, it'll, it'll affect the ranking a little bit better. Um, that's it. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Um, Again, sorry if this one's short, but uh, you know when I'm on the road, it is what it is. Yeah, it's hard. Are, she said things are a little weird. <laughs> um, both the shortness and the hard part. <laughs> I think they they both work there. Oh. Sorry, it's both short and hard. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of the way it is. Anyway, um, so yeah, next week we're doing space balls. That'll be very fun to do. Um, in the meantime, leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher and all those other places. Uh, I will be doing an anchor cast with Sam tomorrow. No, you won't. It's happening. It's going to happen. Somehow we'll make it happen. <laughs> um, the website's down. Uh, yeah. And frankly, yeah. If it's... If anybody would like to host us... Um, it might be down indefinitely. So to be yeah. determined. Um, but frankly, I don't really know how many people use the website anyway. Um, I don't know. There's that time on that crap. What? I spent tons of time on that crap. I know, and I appreciate it. Um, I wish you had time to go back to make the posters with our faces on them. I wish you had time to do that again. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. Facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews is still working, and so is our Twitter channel, um, at Cheap Seat Cast. Uh, and, of course, you can send us emails to CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com. The request for Spaceballs came through Twitter. So however you want yeah. to get us... The, and uh, see how fast we did that, folks. If you give us something that you want us to do, we will do it as quick as we can. Unless it's a movie that's not easily streaming like Juno, which in which case I will just sit on for over a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that, that's happened. Um, but yeah, next week will be Spaceballs. Then we'll figure out if we're going to do Moonrise Kingdom or something less weird. Um, I don't know. Anyway, that's it. That's Siege. Let's do Siege after that. Siege. That's a good one. Siege of Jeddo. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, The Siege? That's a good movie. I like that movie. That's a Denzel Washington, Bruce Willis flick. Um, different kind of movie. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, we, we appreciate your support. And uh, on behalf of Corny, Andrew, Sam, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Je